I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the White Witch Podcast with me, Carly. Hope you are all well, witches. On today's episode, we are going to be talking all about Odin. So Odin has really kept showing up recently in my life. It's strange because I normally find myself attracted to goddesses over gods. But when it comes to the Norse deities, I find myself most drawn to Odin, I'm sorry to say we haven't got our book review today. It's not for the want of trying. I've pretty much spent a whole day and a half plowing through a book in between reading it in the evenings. But it's quite a hefty big boy of a book and I still haven't got there. I also don't want to rush it. I need to take in the essence of a book. But we will a thousand percent have the book review for that on next week's episode. I'm just really gunning to get out a podcast episode every week because I have so many witchy topics that I am fascinated with currently that I hope you feel the same way about. So without further ado, let's talk all about Odin. It might be the crows that he is often depicted with that bring huge Morrigan feels for me, but also because working on a few recent podcast episodes, he has, of course, popped up too. For example, he is mentioned in the Nine Herbs Prayer from the Luknunga, which I believe we discussed on either the Hedgewitch episode or the Scottish Folk Magic episode. If I'm 100% honest, it's also because I've been watching Vikings. I loved the opening scene with Odin and when he pops up again later on, following quite a key part in the series, he just had me transfixed. So... Odin is the chief divinity of the Norse pantheon, part of the Asir, who are the gods of the principal pantheon in Norse religion. And they included Odin, Thrig, Hur, or Hur, Thor, Balder, and Tyr. The second Norse pantheon are the Vanir. So in Norse mythology, the two pantheons wage war on one another, resulting in a unified pantheon. So Odin was son of Bor and Besla, and Odin was father to Balder, Hod and Hermod, who he had by Thrig, the goddess whom he was married to. He is also father of Thor, who he fathered with the goddess Jord, and also his son Vidar, who he had with the giantess Grid. Odin goes by the name Alfadir, meaning all father, for he is father of the gods. In Germanic mythology, he is known as Wotan, and the English form of his name was Woden. 
He is a God of war, warriors, death, power, poetry, magic, and wisdom. And he is patron of many, from kings to outlaws, to poets, to berserkers, to shamans, to seers. Odin represents those who are willing to work and sacrifice to obtain what they desire. So Odin governs all beings and originates all knowledge. He is often depicted as an old tall man with one eye, a long beard, broad hats and a cloak that's normally blue. And on his arm, he wears the ring Draupnir, a sign for abundance and wealth. And on his shoulders sit, of course, his two crows. He has one empty eye socket. Odin was so thirsty for knowledge and wisdom that he would go to any lengths to get it, including sacrificing his eye. So Odin heard of a well of Mimir containing the source of wisdom, and he traveled to the well and met the well's guardian. The water or the well contained holy water that carried a ton of amazing knowledge. And Odin asked if he could sacrifice one eye to the well so he could drink the water. Bearing in mind it was difficult to get one drop of the holy water, so Odin knew he had to go in hard to get that amount. And the minute Odin drank the water from the well, he lived his life with an infinite source of knowledge. So the moral in this story is again relating to sacrifice and Odin's two main stories relate to sacrifice but also initiation in his bid to alter or expand his consciousness gaining knowledge relating to himself and nature's reality. So Odin was originally told of his prophesied end by a seeress, and he traveled through the nine worlds in a bid to avert this. Along his travels, he picked up many resources, including the runes and the mead of wisdom and poetry, but he also grew in magical and transformational power. Odin sacrificed himself by hanging himself for nine days and nights in order to know how to decipher runes. And he did this upon the tree called Yggdrasil or the tree of life. The Norse were hardy and capable people and by believing in gods like Odin, it pushed them to pursue strength and wisdom much like the Allfather. Odin walked amongst men Influence, influencing them, sharing his knowledge and bestowing victory. But often when he was, he was disguised and he was known as a shapeshifter and would often use different names when traveling. Personality wise, he was said to sometimes be tricky or cunning and to use deception. And he often used his cunning to take down his enemies and to achieve his goals. He has a thirst for knowledge and a willingness to sacrifice for that which he wants. Odin's attributes are ravens, wolves, the ring Draupnir from which every ninth night eight new rings appear. His spear named Gungir which never misses its target and his eight-footed horse Slepnir. Odin has two ravens named Hugin and Munin who both bring information to Odin. Hugin is thought and Munin is memory. Each day they fly all over the nine worlds and at lunchtime they will return to Odin and whisper everything that they have seen so Odin knows all. 
I don't know about you, but when I think about lunchtime, I just imagine Odin there with his little Tupperware box of sandwiches and his ravens coming back to have a chat with him. But sorry, Odin. These ravens are referred to in a set of books called the Edda, which is a collection of stories written down around the 13th century. In essence, a collection of the divine mythology of the Norse. In the Gilfaginning, which is one of the first parts of the Edda, that is all about the creation and the destruction of the world of the Aesir and many other aspects of Norse mythology, it references Hugin and Munin and how they inform Odin of all the world's events. Hugin and Munin fly each day over the spacious earth. I fear for Hugin that he come not back, yet more anxious am I for Munin. In Heimskringla, the best known of the Old Norse Kings saga, which was also written by Snorri Sturluson, who wrote the Eddas, he describes Odin as having two ravens. And upon these ravens, he bestowed the gift of speech. He writes, For someone, Hugin and Munin are the personification of the shamanic power of Odin, his ability to send his will and mind everywhere. So I came across the Raven Code, which in my opinion are great rules to live by. Hail Odin, be true to thyself, seek knowledge, be wise, make time to play, be a friend to the wolf, do not fear death, find the light within the darkness, use cunning and trickery to defeat your enemies, soar high, discover new mysteries, make every moment magical. The nine worlds that the two ravens fly across and report back to Odin on are Nivelhelm, world of ice, fog and mist, Jotunheim, home of the giants, Helheim, home of hell and the dishonorable dead, Vanaheim, home of the veneer, the Vanir are a group of gods associated with health, fertility and wisdom who have the ability to see into the future. Nidavellir, home of the dwarves. Alfhelm, home of the light elves. Muspelheim, home of the fire giants and demons. Midgard, which is the home of the humans. And Asgard, home of the Asir. The nine worlds in Norse mythology are held in the branches and roots of the world tree Yggdrasil. So we have Nivelheim, the world of fog and mist, and it is the darkest and coldest region of the world, according to Norse mythology. It's the first of the nine worlds to be created, and Nivelhelm is in the northern region of Jinnungagap, which is the primordial void. So the eldest of the three worlds is said to be located in Nivelhelm and is protected by a huge dragon called Nidhug. All cold rivers are said to come from the well named Havergelmir, and it is said to be the source of the 11 rivers in Norse mythology. So the well Havergelmir is the origin of all living and the place where every living thing will go back to. Musbelheim is the land of fire and was created to the south of the world in Norse mythology. A place filled with lava, flames, sparks and soot. 
It is the home of the fire giants, fire demons, and is ruled by the giant Sutra, who is a sworn enemy of the Asir. Sutra would ride out with his flaming sword in his hand at Ragnarok, which is the final destruction of the world. Sutra will then attack Asgard, home of the gods, and turn it into a flaming inferno. Asgard is home of the gods and goddesses, and it sits in the middle of the world, high in the sky. The male gods are called Asur, and female gods are Asuna. Odin rules Asgard and is chief of the Asir, and queen of the Asir is his wife Frigg. Inside the gates of Asgard is Valhalla, where half of the Vikings that died in battle will go to in the afterlife. The other half will go to Folkvangjur. Odin welcomes only the most, most worthy of warriors to his hall at Valhalla. And Odin's hall, Valaskjalf, which is known as Shelf of the Slain, is where his throne, Hilskalf, uh, is located. I've tried pronouncing this word on another episode and I still, even looking at pronunciations, haven't got it. This is the throne. He observes everything that happens across the nine worlds. So Odin is said to have three residences in Asgard. He has Gladshern, a vast hall where he presided over 12 judges or deer that he appointed to watch over the affairs of Asgard. His second residence is Velaskjalf, which is built of solid silver in which his throne is based, where he could perceive all that happens across the world. And lastly, Valhalla, or home of the... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase fallen where odin received the souls of the warriors killed in battle souls of women warriors and strong beautiful women that odin took a shine to would become valkyries who would gather the souls of warriors fallen in battle as odin needed them to fight for him in the battle of ragnarok it is said on the day of the final battle odin will be killed by the wolf fenrir so Midgard is the home to the humans located in the middle of the world and also referred to as Middle Earth. It's below Asgard and Midgard and Asgard are connected by Bifrost, the rainbow bridge. And Midgard is surrounded by an impassable ocean. Within this ocean is a huge sea serpent called the Midgard Serpent. The serpent is so huge, it encircles the world entirely and bites its own tail. 
Humans were created by Odin, along with his brothers Vili and Vey. They created man from the ash log and women from an elm log. Jotunheim is home of the giants. Giants are sworn enemies of the Aesir, and this land consists mainly of rocks, dense forests, and wilderness, and it lies within the snowy regions on the outermost shores of the ocean. Giants live off the fish in the rivers and animals from the forest, as there is no fertile land in Jotunheim. The Aesir and the giants continuously fight. However, every now and again, a love affair may happen between them. Odin, Thor, and a few other gods had giantess lovers, and Loki himself originated from Jotunheim. He was accepted by the Aesir and lived in Asgard. The River Irving separates Jotunheim and Asgard, and it never freezes over. Vanheim is home to the Vanir gods, an old branch of gods who are masters of sorcery and magic. They also have the ability to predict the future. The locations of their lands is unknown, as is knowledge of how it looks. Alfheim is home to the Light Elves. It sits next to Asgard in the heavens. The Light Elves are beautiful beings and considered guardian angels. The ruler of Alfhelm is the god Freyr. The Light Elves are minor gods of nature and fertility, and they have the ability to help or hinder humankind with their knowledge of magical powers. They also deliver inspiration relating to art and music. Svartalfheim is home to the dwarves, and they live under rocks in caves and underground. Svartalfheim means dark fields, and the king of Svartalfheim is Hradmar. <laughs> the dwarves are masters of craftsmanship and they have gifted the Aesir gods with many powerful and magical gifts such as Odin's magical ring called the Draupnir and his spear named Gungir. Helheim is the home of the dishonorable dead and here belongs murderers, thieves and anyone the gods and goddesses believe not brave enough to go to Valhalla or Folk Vanjur. It's ruled by the goddess Hell, and it's a grim and cold place. Any joy or happiness leaves you upon entering. Hell uses all the dead within Helheim at Ragnarok to attack the gods and goddesses, and this will be the end of the world. Back to Odin, though. So at Odin's feet sit his two wolves, Jerry and Threki. Jerry means the greedy one and Freki the voracious one whom he feeds his food to as Odin only lives on mead or wine. These wolves are said to devour guests with false stories or that lie to Odin. And Odin also has his eight-legged horse Slepnir who was unmatched in strength and speed. The name Slepnir is said to come from the Norse word the slipper. And strangely, Slepnir is a son of Loki, the trickster giant that was accepted and lived among the Asgardian gods. But to make things even weirder, Loki is the horse's mother, not father. Don't ask me, just delivering what I found. This essentially was as a result of Loki previously shape-shifting into a mare and using his charms as a mare to distract the horse Svadilifari and Loki in his mare form wound up pregnant. Who knew? 
Sleipnir was said to have a grey coat like a stormy sky and his teeth had runes engraved on them at the request of the Valkyries. Witches are fearful of working with Odin as he relates to sacrifice. They fear what might be expected of them or they expect to experience a difficult loss due to working with him. His entire godhood is bound by acts of initiation and sacrifice. His powers increased following experiential death and rebirth processes which gifted him wisdom. Many of us see sacrifice as negative because we focus too much on losing out with what we have to give up instead of considering what we will gain. Odin reminds us that there is balance to all things and that there are mutual benefits on both sides of the coin. One gift always calls for another. We need to consider the gain before we enter into any agreement, either mundane or spiritual. This is a quote I picked up from a website called AnnieDierLeVu.com, and it sums working with Odin up very well. Odin is not a greedy god for sacrifice, but one who understands the natural harmony of mutual gain. He also upholds the sacredness of any transaction once determined. So we must take responsibility for our choices. Things that happen are part of our weird, our destiny. And no God gives a better example of striving to master one's personal destiny than Odin. We feel lost because we make deep bonds with things, places, people and activities. We cannot prevent sacrifice if we are to experience change and growth. It is a natural element of human existence. So if you do decide to work with Odin, I have an invocation to Odin that you may wish to use. Hail Odin, Lord of Asgard, warrior and wanderer, valiant and wise, Skyfather on the eight-legged steed, you who traded an eye for wisdom, give us the wisdom to accept the twists and turns of fate, even as you surrendered yourself to the mercies of the Norns. Protect us, all Father, from what harm may come to us. Lead us through the wilderness and bring us safely to the great hall that you reserve only for the brave of spirit. So I've got some small devotional acts to Odin that you may wish to consider. You might wish to learn the runes. You might wish to walk in someone else's shoes, create, go bird watching, keeping an eye out for crows, of course. Read about something that interests you. Make a devotional playlist for him. I will put in the show notes a playlist that I've made for Odin with lots of, in my opinion, great Viking style music that you may wish to have a listen to. Sacrifice something for the benefit of others. Travel with no true destination. Share a nice mead with him. Stand up for your beliefs listen to others' counsel, leave collected objects at an altar for him, do something noble, big or small, sit under a tree and let your mind wander, 
write meaningful poetry, let go of yourself for a while, disregard others' judgment and social constructs. Yep, I'm here for that. Work on your divination skills, forgive yourself, talk to those that you normally wouldn't, draw inspiration from your surroundings, know when to fight, but in turn when to back down, and keep an open mind and an open heart. And this is from an account on Tumblr called Loken Suz. So someone asked me recently what I meant when I said I work with my deities and I explained I work with them rather than worshipping them. I came across the following post while researching Odin and Norse deities and I think this explains it perfectly. We do not bend our knees in supplication to the gods and goddesses, nor do we beg them to do for us. Rather, we ask them to empower us to do ourselves. We neither need nor ask our gods for forgiveness. We were not born into sin. We were born to be the best that we can be. And of course, without forgetting Odin's association with poetry, I thought we could finish up with a prayer to Odin that I found. Prayer to Odin, hail all father, wise warrior, one-eyed wanderer, come sit at my fire, tell me your wisdom stories, the scenes your missing eye sees, you who chooses the slain, look on my deeds and when my time comes to run the sky with you, let my end be worthy of song, in the meantime let me feel excitement and poetry and fury and joy. Let me understand sacrifice, think long, remember well and journey far. Odin, witness this. And that is all we have on today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed, well, I'm fascinated with Odin. I've really been getting into a lot of the Norse mythology, Norse witchcraft, so we'll certainly be revisiting Definitely something in regards to Norse witchcraft. So, yeah, we will definitely come back to this in some way. I just want to say thank you so much for all your reviews. It's been crazy. Like, there's been so many. Coming back for season two feels totally different. I'm loving this. I'm really enjoying the topics. I've got some other great topics that have been suggested to me to cover. So, yes, I'll be back soon with our next episode. If you haven't left me a review already, if you could, I'd be so grateful. It means that more witches can find the show. I'm really kind of on this, really trying to get everything together. I'm also working on the Patreon at the moment. So I will give you some details on that soon. And I'm just crafting everything, putting everything together. So on there, you will have basically grimoire sheets from every episode that we've done. Uh, there will be like really beautiful pictures on them. It will all be in black and white so you can print them out and add them to your grimoire or create a grimoire from them. It's just, I know we have a lot of information on the show and as opposed to kind of taking notes and so on, you may just want to print these out and refer back to them. So other than that, have a great week, witches. I will catch up with you all soon. Lots and lots of witchy love. Mm -hmm.